Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman. This is Bay Current for Wednesday, November 17th. 43 years ago this week, I was lying on an airstrip in the jungles of Guyana with five bullet holes in my body. That's Congresswoman Jackie Speer of California's 14th Congressional District, the South Bay, extending from the southern edge of San Francisco all the way down the peninsula through San Mateo. I vowed that if I survived, I would dedicate my life to public service. I lived and I served. It's been a remarkable journey that has surpassed my wildest dreams. Today, I'm announcing that I will not be a candidate for re-election to Congress in 2022. Her announcement came as a surprise to many, as Spear has earned a hard-won reputation in D.C. as a member who gets things done, while also taking vocal stands on a range of issues. Jackie Spear has stood out by standing up for values, those of her own and those of her constituents in her district here in the Bay. Case in point, In her last election, seeking a seventh consecutive term in Congress, she won by 79%. That's the same margin as her previous election. And the one before that, in 2016, she won by nearly 81%. So why is Jackie Spear stepping away at the end of her term? And what does it mean for her Bay Area district? And what will be her legacy after a life in public service that can only be classified as extraordinary, something even the best minds in Hollywood couldn't write. No one better to talk about this and ask those questions of than my colleague, veteran KCBS radio political reporter, Doug Sovereign, who joins me here on Bay Current. Doug, appreciate you taking some time out to do this. It's a little later than we would normally have a conversation. So for those of you listening, we'll take you behind the curtain just a little bit. As we record this, it's about 6.15 on Tuesday night, and this is like an epic night in sports, right? So over my shoulder, I'm watching the Warriors absolutely take it to Kevin Durant and the Nets in Brooklyn. And meanwhile, in Oakland, there was some epic soccer action, and Doug, you were at the center of that. So I really do appreciate you making some time for it tonight, my friend. Yeah, I, I actually forgot the Warriors. <laughs> I guess right, the Warriors are playing the Nets. I even forgot that was happening. Yeah, well, I'm. I was coaching my son's final practice of the season and my daughter's final practice coming Thursday. Yeah, it was pretty intense today because we decided we would close it out with a scrimmage, coaches and parents against kids, and it turned into kind of a rugby scrum. But it was really fun, and the kids beat us three to two. They made great progress over the course of the season. I'm very proud 
proud of them. And uh, this may be the end of my soccer coaching career. I'm the Ted Lasso of U8 soccer, but we'll, we'll see. It went pretty well. <laughs> it was really fun. I'll tell you, I worked up a sweat and about halfway through, I shouted, I could pull a hammy any moment. Uh, and the kids don't know what that means. But, but luckily, uh, everyone survived and uh, we played into the gloaming until there was no more light. And then there was a pizza party by Moonlight and it was one of the uh, epic sporting yes. events of the year. How much of a surprise was this, Doug, that Jackie Spear is stepping away at this point? Uh, it caught me by surprise. I mean, it shouldn't. We probably shouldn't see it as a massive surprise because she's seventy-one, and uh, you know how long do you want to do this for? And she's been in public life for forty years. Um, but there were no real hints that this was coming, so I wasn't, you know, blown away like, oh my, I can't believe it. But I didn't realize it was going to happen. I, I was, they, she kept this secret very well. Uh, I don't think she made this decision that long ago. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it took a lot of people by surprise. Certainly the Bay Area political class taken by surprise. Uh, people didn't see it coming. And it's going to be a big shakeup because these seats don't come open very often. I mean, it's been seven years since there was an open seat. Um, it, you know, in the Bay Area, if you're a liberal Democrat, you can hold that seat for 20 or 30 years. Um, so th these seats don't come up very often. And when they do, if you can get one, you can have it for a long, long time. So it's a big deal. And you look at the district that she is in, California's 14th. It's a huge district. It covers all the way down to San Mateo, but uh, pretty much right up to the, the border of San Francisco. So you've got Nancy Pelosi's district, and then right below that is Jackie Spears' district. Across the bay, um, Barbara Lee, another major figure on the on the national scale, right? The, the, in the pantheon of these, these California representatives and members of the U.S. Senate, uh, there are some heavy hitters, some household names in national political circles. I just mentioned a few of them, Barbara Lee, Nancy Pelosi, obviously Vice President Kamala Harris. I think Governor Gavin Newsom has those aspirations for sure. Possibly uh, Mayor London Breed has them as well. But when you look at Jackie Spears' place in that conversation, I think it became more significant in the Trump era, because she was a very outspoken uh, critic of President Trump and a lot of various avenues that, that he ended up going down, that she was uh, one of the more vocal voices. Where would you sort of categorize her position in that group? Uh, you can throw Eric Swalwell in that mix, right, guys, that folks that that really made a name for themselves in D.C., as representatives from the state of California. Yeah, she's got a very high profile. And yeah, you could throw Ro Khanna in there. He hasn't been there as long. Absolutely. But he's a very high profile progressive. Eric Swalwell, of course, he ran for president. He's been high profile in the impeachment trials. Um, yeah, Jackie Spear, you know, she's been a loyal lieutenant of Nancy Pelosi her whole, t whole time in the House. She's a stalwart progressive. She's been right out in front on women's issues. And uh, so she's extremely well known nationally. And she's always been very media friendly. So you see her on TV a lot and you hear her on the radio a lot. Um, so her profile has been higher probably than a lot of people who have been in the house, you know, only 13, 14 years, which, you know, that sounds, you know, like a lot, but in, as I say, in, in, in the pantheon, as you put it, that's not that long, uh, but, um, right. so very high profile and her district, remember, first of all, we're in the middle of redistricting, so we don't know what it's going to be, or if it'll even still be called the 14th, uh, when it's done, but it does include a small slice of San Francisco. And over the years it's moved up and down. So that district has included a little bit of San Francisco. Sometimes it's included more of San Francisco. It goes down the peninsula through a very important part of the Bay area. You know, a lot of people with money, a lot of people, uh, a lot of major businesses, it sometimes goes even farther South, more into starting to get into to Silicon Valley. We don't know when the redistricting is done, where exactly these lines will be drawn. It might 
shift a little farther south. So who knows? But so it's a really critical district covering a lot of territory, Caltrain and the airport and um, all the peninsula, the San Mateo coast. There's a lot of open space and environmental concerns. And it's a pretty important district. Not that any of them is one, more important than the other, but it has a lot of clout. So before she had that spot, it was Tom Lantos and he was a powerhouse in Washington. So people are used to whoever represents that area being high profile. And she certainly was that. Um, you know, you put her a notch below Nancy Pelosi, obviously, because Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House and has been in that uh, job for over 30 years. Uh, Barbara Lee is high profile, but, you know, right up there with them, I, I would say Jackie Spear uh, is as well known as anyone else from California after them. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we'll want to talk about the Congresswoman's accomplishments and kind of what her legacy will be. And we'll do that in just a minute. But I want to go back to this, something you just mentioned, and that is the redistricting. And I think uh, for Democrats nationwide, even in a blue state like California, Doug, there is a little bit of panic right now about the potential gains that Republicans appear to be right now poised to make in the midterm elections. What does redistricting do in that district right now, California's 14th, that would have Democrats potentially nervous that a Republican ends up taking Jackie Spears seat? No chance of that. Uh, I don't think redistricting will have much impact on this particular seat. Jackie Spear was reelected last time a year ago with 79 percent of the vote. And that's about where she often is, you know, 70s approaching 80 percent, you know, Nancy Pelosi territory. Um, There's no reason to think it'll be any different. Uh, that, you know, she would have ended up there again uh, next year. Um, I heard a couple of people raise the question, was she worried about winning? I mean, no question she would have won an easy reelection if she wanted to serve another term. Um, this district is overwhelmingly Democratic. It is as safe a blue seat as you're going to find in the country. Uh, and it'll still be that. Uh, even if it moves slightly south, that's still very liberal Democrat country. I don't think the Democrats are worried about holding this district. They're going to lose a seat probably in the L.A. area just because California is losing a seat. And um, it's going to go from 53 seats to 52. And considering that, you know, 46 of them now are held by Democrats and and seven by Republicans, it's still going to be seven Republicans, probably and 45 Democrats. But once those districts are drawn, some of those races could get closer. For example, in the Central Valley, Devin Nunes, he might find himself with more Democrats in his district than he had before. I mean, there's going to be different shifts where some safer Republican seats might not be so safe anymore. Uh, it'll be some back and forth. We'll have to see when it's all done, which party is likely to gain, if any. But yeah, um, there are seats in California that the Republicans have their eyes on. Uh, There are seats that the Democrats want to try to take back that they lost last time. So there are some swing districts. Her district, which is now the 14th, but again, they renumber them, so we don't know if it'll stay that. Um, That district is not one of them. This is not one of the ones that's at play, no matter how these lines are drawn. Whatever Democrat emerges is, in fact, you could even have a situation in this district where the top two are both Democrats when the primary is over. Her political career dates all the way back to 1980. I'm talking 41 years that she's Mm. been in the game, and that goes all the way back to when she was first... Uh, elected to the San Mateo County Board of Supervisors. Uh, She's worked her way up to, as we mentioned, a very prominent member of uh, the U.S. House of Representatives. I think uh, a very interesting part of her career is that she is a survivor of the Jonestown Massacre. You know, now fast forwarding to, to everything that she's done, she has had a pretty remarkable, you want to say in some ways, storybook career, a very dramatic political career. 
Oh, she certainly has. And there's more to it than that even. And, you know, you mentioned 41 years. Actually, it's longer than that because the reason she was at Jonestown was because she was a legislative aide to Congressman Leo Ryan of San Francisco in the late 70s. And she went with him on this fact-finding mission. And that's before she ever ran for elective office, 41 years in elective office. But so her whole career has been public service. And she has said, and that's the signature part of her story, right, is that she got shot five times and somehow survived while the congressman was killed. Uh, and she made this vow that she would serve the public if she lived and got out of there, which she did, luckily. Uh, and she'll tell you that story. And it stayed with her. In fact, two of the bullets are still in her body. Um, yeah. And she came back. And that is why gun control was always one of her signature issues. She know she knew whereof she was speaking. I mean, she experienced it firsthand um, and was lucky to get out of there and devoted herself to public service after that and went and, you know, ran for the board in in San Mateo County and then the Assembly and the Senate and eventually Congress. Um, Her life story, I mean, it's extraordinary. I mean, I've known her well for a long time. We have her on KCBS often. I've spoken with her many times off the air. Um, You know, her her husband, I, I don't know if people know this much or maybe they've forgotten it, but she was pregnant and her husband was killed on the way to the hospital. She was in labor and he mm. was rushing to get to the hospital and got in a car crash. I mean, she is, this woman has lived through so much um, and has always remained upbeat and kind-hearted and good-spirited and really a, a remarkable woman who has devoted her career to serving other people. Uh, she's written her own story. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she writes some more uh, now that she retires from Congress. But she, um, you know, has always remained upbeat. I mean, she's lucky to be alive. And really, yes. has made, really has made the most of it. I think another one is in 2011, uh, if I'm correct, I think around 2011, she spoke up about her own abortion yeah. when there was a, a, a debate at the time uh, about uh, the continued funding or potential defunding of Planned Parenthood. And Newsweek would name her one of its 150 fearless women in the world, and it's, it's in a 2012 edition of the publication you want to talk about courage sharing that story at that stage requires nothing short of tremendous courage well not just that she told her story about having an abortion she told her story about being sexually assaulted she has told her story about being shot um she went out and spent the night in a homeless shelter she has done so many things she went she spent the night in prison i mean she she has done a lot of things where um, anything where, where she needed to know more for some legislation or her job, she would go out and, and experience it to know about the people she was uh, writing a law about. Um, and she has never been shy about sharing those stories uh, in an unvarnished and authentic way. And I think that's one of the things that has endeared her to her constituents and, and largely the Bay Area and many people nationally is she's authentic. She is who she is. She makes no bones about it. And um she, you know, she, it's 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 been a remarkable life uh, that she shares, and and it never seems self-aggrandizing or hey, look at me, which it could with some other people. I think um, it just seems real. So it sounds like the Congresswoman Jackie Spear, at least for now, she's not weighing into who she sees as a successor. No endorsements, no suggestions. But you're about as connected as anyone uh, to politics, both uh, at the local levels and and state and national levels uh, here on KCBS Radio, Doug. Any names pop out to you that, that might be successors? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When these seats become available, um, there are many people, there's a long line of people 
who would like them. And the, it goes one of two ways. One is someone obvious clears the field and maybe is anointed. This happened uh, in 1985 when Sala Burton, who was representing San Francisco, passed away. She anointed Nancy Pelosi, who was not well known. She'd never run for office before. She was a behind-the-scenes Democrat. Uh, she anointed her uh, to be her successor, and she had a primary fight, but she won it, and the rest is history. Uh, Jackie Spear was essentially anointed and 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 an obvious frontrunner when she succeeded Tom Lantos. Um, Kamala Harris got that Barbara Boxer Senate field pretty much cleared for her. Uh, mm. This does not look like that kind of situation. It may still turn out to be that way. We're a year out. It's possible someone could emerge who she sees and thinks, okay, this is the person, and they get everybody lined up behind them, they get the party behind them, they discourage other people, and it becomes, you know, a fait accompli. At the moment, it doesn't look like that. At the moment, there's a handful of mostly men who are obvious contenders. One of them, San Mateo County Supervisor David Canapa, who used to be the mayor of Daly City, has already said, yes, I'm interested. He's making no bones about it. Yes, he would like to run. And he probably will, unless the scenario I laid out happens for someone else. Uh, Assemblyman Kevin Mullen from the peninsula, he's been elected, you know, district-wide already. He worked for Jackie Spear in the legislature. He was her top aide, long time, and then he be went to the assembly himself. He's an obvious successor, potentially, if he wants it. State Senator Josh Becker, Assemblyman Mark Berman, they're younger. But again, they're known throughout that district or much of that district, well-known on the peninsula. They would be obvious contenders. So, you know, Canapa, Mullen, Becker, and Berman are the names that jump out at me as fairly obvious people to at least look at. Uh, only Canapa has already said, yeah, I'd like to do it. Uh, State Senator Scott Weiner of San Francisco is an interesting possibility. You hmm. know, this district does yeah. come into San Francisco. It's historically someone from the peninsula, not someone from San Francisco. Uh, and Scott Weiner is very San Francisco-centric and probably has his eye more on running for Nancy Pelosi's seat when she retires. But it's possible he would take a look at this and, and consider it. He's not as well-known, though, in a lot of this district, so it would be tougher for him. And remember, you don't have to live in the district uh, to run for Congress. You just have to live in the state. So really, anybody in California could come up here and decide to run. Now, they'd be a carpetbagger if they're from outside the region. Uh, they might have a hard time making the case. But somebody brought up Sam Licardo to me, the mayor of San Jose. I think that's uh, a little far-fetched because this is not a San Jose district, and I don't know how right. that would go over. But it's possible somebody from farther south, Silicon Valley, San Jose, could could want to make a move here. Uh, I'm looking for you know the one woman who would be an obvious successor because you would think uh, with the way Jackie Spears put her stamp on this seat, that a woman would be a logical successor. There isn't anyone that obvious who comes to mind. I suppose San Francisco Mayor London Breed, but again, that's a San Franciscan. Uh, there could be a county supervisor or a local mayor, a small town mayor on the peninsula, but nobody jumps out at me there who, who's an obvious choice. But we'll see what the next 12 months, or really less than that, because the primary is in, is in June, um, and they're going to have to declare you know, within the next few months uh, what the next few months bring. Right. Doug Sovereign, great insight as always. Certainly appreciate it. Final piece of advice for you is just drink a little extra water, maybe take an Advil because you did play a soccer scrimmage against, <laughs> against a bunch of kids. I mean, I I, I need I, I need to stretch after walking up the stairs sometimes. So yeah, I, take I, care I, of yourself. I'll say I worked up more of a sweat than I have in a while. It was really fun, though, and we did have beer. We had beer for the grown-ups afterwards, so I'm pretty well hydrated, I think. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Great insight. We do appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again to my KCBS radio colleague, Doug Sovereign. A great Twitter follow, by the way, 
at Sovereign Nation. That's Sovereign, S-O-V-E-R-N, Nation. You can also follow Bay Current on Twitter, at Bay Current. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Bay Current Podcast on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen. And thank you for listening. That's it for Bay Current today. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.